This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. And in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals. And the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. I want to take a, a portion of that gospel reading this this morning as my text, in particular verses uh, 12 and 13. Uh, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to the New Testament, to Mark's gospel. That's the second gospel in the, in the New Testament, or second book in the New Testament. Mark's gospel, chapter 1, and verses 12 and 13. In fact, uh, just to, so it's fresh here, uh, just these two verses. It says, and, and the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals. And the angels were ministering to him. This morning I, I have titled my talk, When I'm Tempted. When I'm tempted, and perhaps uh, you know something about that, uh, about being tempted, and perhaps you noticed that I didn't say uh, if I'm tempted, uh, but rather when I'm tempted. In fact, uh, somebody wrote something interesting, quote, quote, opportunity knocks once, but temptation bangs on my door every day. And we might uh, a chuckle at that statement, because we know exactly what the writer is talking about. Indeed, the question is not if I'm tempted to do what I know is wrong and rather than do what I know is right. The question only is when. And so I, I, I'd like us to think for a moment this morning about three things related to temptation, three things that may not always come immediately to mind. Uh, when we think about temptation, but three things, it seems to me, that present themselves uh, in our text this morning. And the first is this, that when I'm tempted, God is there. When I'm tempted, God is there. Uh, as it happens, it, it, this might not seem the case uh, when we're being tempted, that that God is there. In fact, we might very well feel very much that that God is absent when we're being tempted. Uh, but the, but the truth is is that God is there. In fact, uh, when you are tempted, uh, it doesn't happen accidentally uh, or, or apart from God's knowledge of it or His presence. Uh, the truth be told, it's God's will <laughs> that you're tempted. For sure, it was uh, God's will that uh, Jesus be tempted. 
Indeed, that's exactly what our text says, that after Jesus was baptized and after the Father from heaven said of Jesus, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The text says that the Spirit, the Spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, which is exactly what happened. In fact, it's very interesting uh, it, when you when you compare this uh, to uh, the, the other synoptic gospels, it is Mark and Luke. In Mark and Luke, it says that uh, Jesus was uh, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And Mark uses the Greek word ekbalo, which means to cast out or to 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 throw. It's almost a almost a sort of a a violence to it. Uh, and so the Spirit drove Jesus. Uh, into the wilderness to be tempted. Uh, in point of fact, not to ruin Jesus uh, by allowing him to be tempted by Satan as it happens, uh, but to show by testing. In fact, the word temptation and the word test uh, are is the same word, depending on the context uh, as to whether we use the word temptation or whether we use the word testing. But the testing uh, and the temptation by Satan was was not with the purpose of ruining Jesus, but in fact to show by testing who Jesus really is. Which is, by the way, the, the pr primary design of all testing, and that is to reveal the truth. Uh, this is uh, something that happened with the uh, Israelites, the children of Israel, as it's recorded for us in the Old Testament. In particular, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, Moses, uh, just before they enter into the promised land, makes reference to this. In fact, Jesus was in the uh, Judean wilderness for 40 days, and the Israelites were in the desert for, for 40 years, and with a specific spiritual purpose. In fact, God was very aware of what was going on, uh, and he was, in fact, it was an expression of his own will. And uh, indeed, notice uh, what uh, Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. He says, and, and God led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not keep. And so God uh, put Jesus to the test to reveal who he was, and he puts us to the test as well. Uh, he allows us to be tempted and to be tested, to show what's uh, really in our hearts and to show who we really are. And everyone goes through the same process. In fact, it doesn't just happen to Jesus or happen to you or happen to me. Indeed, uh, everyone is tempted. Uh, in fact, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says as much when he says, no temptation has overtaken you. Uh, that is not common to man. You, what you face is not some sort of extraordinary thing, whether it's a temptation to abuse your power, or temptation to lust, or temptation to greed or envy, or to be unjust, to bear false witness against others, to slander, uh, to resent and hate, whatever, whatever the temptation might be. It's all the same stuff, and all of it is common, uh, not uh, just to us, but to all humankind. In fact, uh, the temptations that we all face 
uh, all reveal the same thing in each case. And that is that it reveals what's really in our heart. It reveals what's in our heart by the way in which we respond to the testing and to the tempting. It reveals uh, who we really are and not just who we say we are because we can put on pretty well apart from temptation or testing and uh, who we might be pretending to be. In fact, um, too often, uh, and it, this is, we're familiar with this in particular because it, it makes for sensational news coverage, but uh, not, I wish it was less frequent, but clergy or uh, well-known Christian leaders who uh, get found out uh, that uh, they aren't quite who they're presenting themselves to be. In fact, uh, one uh, just recently, a man who I respected greatly. I've read his books. I've quoted his. I, I've I've said I've quoted him to you in in services, or in studies and so forth. Only to find out now after his death that he had for years been abusing uh, women. Uh, all the while he, he living a rather a, a dark side of him. All the while uh, he's telling us how to live wisely and and a godly life. Indeed, uh, he was tempted and uh, that was the way in which he responded to it. And then uh, very skillfully began to justify what he was doing and so on. Uh, but the temptation and his response to it, just as with us, when we're tempted and we respond to it, it tells us and shows us where our heart really is. and. Uh, whatever, however we might present ourselves to others, or maybe even people close to us, we're all aware of our private lives. In fact, we're, we're, we're not any stronger than our weakest link. And what we are in secret before God is who we really are. And temptation uh, is the thing that brings it out. And when I am tempted, uh, God is there. <laughs> One might say that God is 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 watching so that's the first thing when i'm tempted god is there secondly when i'm tempted the conflict is real indeed the conflict was uh, real for jesus indeed no, notice again our text uh, mark 1 and verses uh, 12 and 13 it says and the spirit immediately drove jesus out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by satan and he was with the wild animals, which is unique to Mark's account. And the angels were ministering to him. And so the conflict was real for Jesus. Indeed, the conflict was with no one less than Satan himself. Uh, Satan comes from the Hebrew, which means adversary. And as we know, uh, when Satan is after you, he doesn't pull any punches. Indeed, uh, Satan regularly goes for the juggler and notwithstanding all the promises he may make about how wonderful life will be if we'll just live our lives uh, in the way that he directs, uh, his only purpose is only ever to destroy us and to do us harm. And so the conflict between him and, and Jesus was a real one. In fact, in the in the fourth chapter of the book of the letter to the Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews talks about Jesus and his temptation uh, and uh, relates it to us. 
Uh, in fact, um, I, I suppose the purpose uh, of what he says uh, was to connect us with Jesus and we're connected to him uh, through the common experience of temptation. In fact, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter four and beginning at verse 14, he says, and since then we have a, a great high priest, he's referring to Jesus, a great high priest who, who, who is uh, passed into the heavens. Uh, Jesus, the son of God, who's passed into the heavens, he prays on our behalf to the father. He intercedes for us, which is what a high priest does. Since we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What a great, great statement. He's saying, since Jesus is who he is for us, let's stay true to him. Let's not let him down. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. In every respect, tempted as we are, and yet without sin. And so the conflict for Jesus was real. And the conflict for you and for me is real. In fact, it's uh, usually uh, not uh, a simple matter. And indeed, the temptations that uh, we face are often complex. Uh, and, and it isn't usually just the primary testing that, that we could identify as the primary thing uh, that troubles us, but often uh, there are attending circumstances that tend to intensify the temptation. In fact, um, uh, this may be one of the, the takeaways, if you like, uh, of what Mark says uh, when he says that Jesus was with the wild animals, which is the, Mark is the only one who mentions this, these wild animals. He's in Jesus' 40 days in the Judean wilderness. He's being tempted by Satan. Uh, and, he, and Mark says, and Jesus is there with the wild animals uh, in the wilderness. Uh, in fact, in ancient times in Jesus's day, uh, there was a, a far greater variety of, of wild animals in Palestine uh, than there are in Palestine today. In fact, in, in ancient times and in Jesus's day, and many of these are mentioned in the scriptures, uh, there were lions uh, and bears, um, wolves and, and wild boar, jackals and hyena, and of course, uh, a wide variety of snakes and vipers. <laughs> And so Jesus not only had to deal with uh, his confrontation and conflict uh, with, uh, with Satan, but also had to deal with the threat of, uh, of these wild beasts. Uh, and temptation is often like that. It's not just usually one thing, uh, but, but oftentimes a, a multitude of things that are coming at you uh, all at once and at the same time. And so when I'm tempted, uh, the conflict is real. Finally, and I hope that this uh, gives us some hope, and that is, is that when I'm tempted, help is standing by. When I'm tempted, help is standing by. And indeed, defeat and moral, moral failure ought never to be accepted as a foregone conclusion when I'm tempted, that when I'm tempted, it just, I just have to fail. Uh, it, it, we're told in, in, in our text, in, in Mark's gospel, that the, that the angels minister to Jesus in the midst of all of this. 
which reminded me of another text in Luke's gospel, chapter 22 and verse 43, uh, uh, which is Luke's account of Jesus's uh, prayers in, in the garden, uh, the night that he was betrayed and the night that he was arrested before the extreme expressions of his passion. But we read in uh, Luke 22 and verse 43, and there appeared to Jesus while he was praying. And you remember that Luke described that his, his prayers were so intense, Lord, uh, if you can take this cup from me, uh, do so, but not my will, but yours be done. Uh, and Luke said that the, the prayers and the what he was experiencing was so intense that his, that the, that, uh, his, his sweat became blood. Uh, but, but just before that verse, Luke 22 and verse 43, and it says, And there appeared to Jesus an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And reading again the, the full verse, Paul's, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, uh, we read this, that help is standing by. First Corinthians 13, uh, first, uh, first Corinthians 10 and verse 13, Paul writes, and no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And God is faithful in the midst of your temptations. God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. You're never tempted beyond your ability, which is one of the reasons why that neither you or I should just accept defeat or more failure as if it was a foregone conclusion. We don't have to fail. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. It was Mother Teresa, as you may know, who famously said, I know God won't give me anything I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me so much. But that's just it. God does trust you. And God doesn't allow you to be tempted in order to make you fail. God allows you to be, to be tempted with the opportunities to succeed, to prove yourself, to indeed be good and faithful. And in his power, you can. In fact, you will remember that famous verse from the fourth chapter of Philippians, Philippians chapter four and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or Paul White writing to the Galatians. In fact, I just finished Galatians just the other night. In Galatians chapter five, verses 16 and then verses 22 and, and 23. In Galatians five and verse 16. But I say, walk in the spirit. Walk in the power of the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the fruit or what the spirit produces in us when we're walking in the spirit and, uh, and we're filled with the spirit. For the fruit of the spirit is love. Love for God. Love for other people. Indeed, it's hard to sin against people that you love or God. That you love with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If the spirit is producing in me love for God and love for neighbor. What a great shield against falling for temptation. For the fruit of the spirit is love and joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It was the novelist Robert J. Sawyer who wrote, you can't choose the ways in which you'll be tested, <laughs> which is true. You can't choose the ways in which you'll be tested. And then someone playing off of Sawyer's words wrote this, you can't choose the ways in which you'll be tested, but the tests come just the same. And when they do, we will either fail or succeed. And succeeding is a great deal more satisfying than failing. <laughs> and the thing to remember in all of this is that God doesn't allow us to be tempted in order that we might fail. God allows us to be tempted and tested rather that we might succeed. And yet neither of those can happen without the test. When I'm tempted, let us pray. We pray, Lord, in the prayer that you taught to the disciples, Lord, lead me not into temptation. We understand that it's, that it's a dangerous ground. Uh, and uh, we, 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 we shouldn't ever, I, I wouldn't think, pray, Lord, uh, in spiritual pride, uh, bring it on. But it does come. It came to the Israelites. It came to Jesus. In fact, it's a common experience. You don't even have to be Christian. It's a common, it's an experience common to, to humanity at large. And what we learn from Jesus is that you allow it. You're not evil, so you can't tempt to evil, but you allow us to be presented with opportunities to do wrong rather than right, to indulge the flesh. You allow us the opportunity to hear what the world, the flesh, and the devil has to say, and either to see through the lies and act accordingly, or to be duped by them. But we, Lord, we would pray that uh, not only that we would be wise to know what's happening when we're being tested and tempted, but to so love doing good, to so love walking closely behind Jesus, walking in his ways, knowing that in your presence is fullness of joy and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore, uh, that uh, the temptation uh, would lose its lure. And we, knowing where, it's, where it takes us, uh, that we would choose the good rather than the evil, and knowing that failing morally isn't very satisfying in the end, and that succeeding morally is very gratifying indeed to be good and to be faithful and so i don't suppose it won't be very long even after we are finished with our service of worship and maybe not even before the end we'll be tempted to do something that's contrary to your will give us eyes to see what's going on and to act accordingly not in our own fleshly power which is impotent 
to do what we're talking about, but in your power, knowing that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that when we're walking in the spirit, we needn't carry out the deeds of the flesh. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.